Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Today, we want to move on very, very quickly. You remember where we ended the last time? We said that the stage is set, that the trap is complete. The bait has been placed in full view of Eve. And the question is, will Eve buy the lie? Will Eve swallow the bait? That was the question we were asking ourselves. What would be our response? And then we said there are other questions that we need to look at. What about Adam? Where was Adam in all these encounters? So to help us answer some of these questions, let us read from the scripture. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they so fig leaves together and made themselves apron. These verses document for us three outcomes of the encounter that Eve had with Satan or that Eve had with the serpent. Three outcomes. Number one, the way that this lie affected Eve. That's the soulish outcome. Now, we are not going to go into that today. I just want you to see that the Bible says that and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. So that's the first way it affected her. It affected her soul. Number two is the way Eve then responded. That is the physical response. The Bible says over there that she took of the fruit thereof. So there's the soulish outcome, the way it affected her desire, her emotion, the way she, you know, she looks at things. Then number two, the way she physically responds. That's the physical outcome. Number one, her own individual physical response. And number two, the influence she then wielded on her husband to also take part of this, you know, rebellion. Then number three is how their action affected both of them spiritually. Now, this is very, very important. The Bible says that, and the eyes of them were open. Obviously, it's not talking about their physical eyes. It was talking about their spiritual eyes. So straight away, you will see that there are soulish outcome, physical outcome, and spiritual outcome in the sense of the response the, the, the reaction, the response to this conversation that was going on. So there was the soulish outcome, there was the physical outcome, and there was the spiritual outcome. In our next teaching, we'll come back and look at all these three outcomes. Suffice to say at this junction that we ask ourselves this question, what will be Eve's response? Will she fall for Satan's lie? Will she swallow the bait, hook, length, and sinker? And the answer is yes, yes. Yes, she fell. She bought the lie. She rebelled. So as far as Satan is concerned, mission accomplished. Genesis 3, 6 says, she took of the fruit thereof and did it. Mission accomplished. Satan 
got exactly what he wanted. He got exactly what he wanted. He wanted her to rebel against God. He wanted her to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Eve did. Unfortunately, this singular action of Eve triggered a frightening outcome that is still cascading down time and history even up till today. The domino effect, the ripple effect of what took place in that garden, we are still feeling it today. Remember what we said, this inversion, this disorderliness, this inversion of the order that God built into this system, we ruptured it, we soon the wind and we are reaping the wild wind. That is what is going on today. Okay. So if believed the lie of the devil and acted upon it in open and blatant rebellion against God, she disobeys God's clear commandment. Now, remember what I said, we are going to come back here because there are a couple of things we want to untangle in where we read now in Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. But there's a question we want to deal with today. Where was Adam during this encounter? So I'm going to read Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. Now we want to put a different emphasis. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, we are going to come back to that later. In another teaching, she took the fruit thereof and did eat. That now we know that she disobeyed, she ate. But the emphasis here is and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they so fig trees together and make themselves apron. Question The question we are asking ourselves is where was Adam during this encounter? And this King James Version that we read said that. Eve gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. So it was not only Eve that ate, Adam also ate. And she gave also unto her husband with her. Question, where was Adam when Eve was having this conversation with Satan, with the serpent? Where was Adam when Eve was being tempted? Where was Satan when all these things were going on? On the surface of it, this phrase that we've read seems to suggest that Adam was present with Eve throughout the, this conversation, throughout this temptation. On the surface of it, that is what it looks like because the Bible says, King James Version says, and gave also unto her husband with her. And in fact, many Bible translations and Bible scholars lean on this interpretation that Adam was present, physically present, standing beside Eve all throughout this period. Now, what I'm doing today is not just an exercise in mere intellectualism. It is because our understanding of this event is very, very important because it is connected to what has gone before and it is connected to what is going to happen later. So this is not just an intellectual exercise. Yes, it's intellectual. And we should read our Bible in the sense of comparing scripture with scripture, but it is important to do the story. So, like I said, many Bible translations, and I'm going to show you a couple of examples, and many Bible scholars actually believe that reading through this in Genesis chapter 3, verses B, and she gave also unto her husband with her, many Bible translations and many Bible scholars believe that Adam was physically there throughout this temptation. Now, let's read a couple of Let's read that phrase from a couple of other translations. 
of the Bible. So I'm reading here first from the contemporary English version, that's CEV. And he put it this way, a husband was there with her. So she gave some to him. NIV says she also gave some to her husband who was with her. NLT said then she gave some to her husband who was with her. All these three translations seem to suggest that Adam was there with her. Her husband was there with her. Contemporary English version says her husband who was with her. NIV and NLT says. So the question is, was Adam actually there at the point at which all this conversation was taking place? Now, other translations and Bible scholars suggest that with her, when the Bible says, and she gave the fruit, when the Bible says that, and and gave also unto her husband with her, the word there is with her. Other Translations and Bible scholars suggest that with her is not about geographical location as if Adam was standing beside her. But rather that the, the, the sense here is that she was involving her husband with her in her act of rebellion and disobedience. That with her is not necessarily saying that Adam was there physically, but that she was involving her husband with her in her act of rebellion and disobedience, that she ate the fruit and now she also gave it to her husband to eat with her. Some Bible translation therefore avoided adding who along with, with her. Remember all those three that we read? Let me put that back on the screen for you. This is the previous one that we read. You will see that all of them who was with her who was with her, her husband was with her. That is what those ones say. But I'm going to show you some other Bible translation that avoided putting the word who there because they believe that with her is not emphasizing a physical presence of Adam with Eve during this whole process of fall or eating the fruit, but that with her was talking about the fact that Eve then went on to involve her husband in this act of rebellion. So let's read couple of other messages, I mean, translation of the Bible that brought this out. One of the things that you will notice straight away from these three translations is that they avoided using who was with her. The Living Bible says she ate some of the fruit and gave some to her husband. Message translation says she took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband. New American Standard Bible says, and she also gave some to her husband with her. The context and the structure of Genesis chapter 3 Verses 1 to 7 does not suggest that Adam was physically standing beside Eve, deathly quiet, looking at his wife, number one, being tempted, number two, processing this poisonous information, and number three, actually took the step to eat the fruit, and Adam did not say anything. I don't believe and the context and the structure of Genesis chapter 1 to 7 did not suggest this. What is clear from this context and structure is that Satan tempted Eve. Eve was deceived. Eve ate the fruit. And then she gave the fruit to her husband also to eat. That much we know. It would be stretching it too far to read into these verses that Adam was there. Standing, voiceless, lifeless, while Satan was tempting Eve to rebel against God and disobey God's clear command and throw away their, their destiny. 
I can't see that in this scripture. Does not the scripture say something that we need to read in Ecclesiastes? Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if the fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he had not another to help him. Again, if two lie together, then they have hid. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Do you see where I'm going with this? Certain evil campaign will have very little chance to succeed if he approach both Adam and Eve together. Because this Ecclesiastes chapter 4 that we read said, Woe to him that is alone. That actually one of the reasons why this came succeed is because Eve was alone. Ecclesiastes, now Ecclesiastes is not telling us that Eve was alone. I'm just saying that Ecclesiastes say, Woe to him that is alone. And I'm applying that. I'm still going to look into this a little bit further. Remember what I'm saying. This is not just a, you know, an, an exercise in intellectualism. It's because this is important to this story. Ecclesiastes says, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. In other words, there will have been strength if both of them were together. It's easy for you to prevail against one person than for you to prevail against two people. He said, woe to him that is alone when he fall, for he had not another to help him. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 to 14, help throw light on the story of the fall. Okay, I'm, I'm building this case bit by bit. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 to 14, there are other issues that are raised in these verses that we will not concern ourselves with at the moment. What we are looking at is the light that it throws for us at the dynamic of the four. So let's go and read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. I will first of all read it from the King James Version, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Now verse 14 is where I'm going. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. But the woman being deceived was in transgression. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Let's read this from the Common English Bible. I don't allow a wife to teach or to control her husband. Instead, she should be a quiet listener. Adam was formed first and then Eve. Verse 14, Adam wasn't deceived, but rather his wife became the one who stepped over the line because she was completely deceived. Now, again, like I said, and this is very, very important, there are all, all other issues that are going on here that we are not getting into and we are not going to be distracted by that. What I want you to see is the light that this verse threw for us on Genesis chapter 3, because this is God's commentary on the event of Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says, Eve was deceived. Eve sinned. Eve committed this rebellion because she was deceived. Now, that does not exonerate her, but the fact is that she was deceived. And then she sinned. And then she transgressed. Now, Adam also sinned. Adam also transgressed. But the difference here is that the Bible says that Adam was not deceived. Now, this is very, very important. Adam was not deceived. In other words, when Adam ate the fruit, Adam ate that fruit knowing exactly what he was doing. He was not deceived. He knew that he was sinning. He made a conscious decision to join his wife in this act of rebellion. 
Eve was deceived. Adam was not. The question is if Adam was there when this was going on. The Bible says that Adam was not deceived. But Eve was deceived. Why will Adam be deathly quiet and voiceless and lifeless if he was there and he was not deceived and allow his wife to get on and commit this great sin? Now, let's look at another scripture that will help us and then we'll put all this together. You know, after this was all said and done, God came on the scene and God started dishing out judgment. It is what God told Adam that is very important here. Let us read that. I mean, obviously God dealt judgment to the serpent, judgment to Eve. But let's see what God told Adam. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. And unto Adam God said, Because thou art akin unto the voice of your wife, and as eating of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cause is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of your life. Remember the emphasis here. Because thou hast akin unto the voice of your wife. And that emphasis is very, very important. Now, there are consequences to this thing. We are not going into that at the moment. God did not charge Adam with the sin of listening to the voice of listening to the voice of the serpent. That was not the charge God brought against Adam. God did not charge Adam with the sin of listening to the voice of the serpent, but rather that Adam listened to the voice of his wife over against the voice of the commandment of God. So when we put all this together, what I've read, when we put all this scripture together, the scenario is that Eve had a conversation with her husband, Adam, after she has spoken with the serpent. That is the conclusion. When you put all this scripture together, we are not told how long or how short the the time difference between the first event, the first conversation between Eve and the serpent that led to Eve taking the fruit, we are not told how long or how short it was before Eve then have the conversation with the with the husband. But what we know from putting all and listen, this is if if for no other reason, one of the reasons of doing this is to see that this is the way we study the scripture. We allow scripture to explain scripture. We allow scripture to interpret scripture. What is clear from this verse is that Satan recruited Eve, and Eve recruited her husband. We cannot prove from the scripture. It is definitely, you cannot, you, you cannot prove from the scripture that Adam was there. It is against, it, it, everything we've read here does not support the hypothesis that Adam was standing physically there beside the wife when all this terrible thing was going on. Contrary to that, when we allow scripture to interpret scripture, it is clear here that Adam was not physically there that Eve had that conversation with Satan or with the serpent. And it is just like the devil to try to isolate people to conquer them. He isolates to conquer and sometimes he divides people to conquer. So what is clear from the verses we have read is that Satan recruited Eve, Eve recruited her husband, and they both became partners in this crime. Adam was with her, and as such, they were with Satan. So Adam was with her, both of them were with Satan, and by consequence, they were against God. She gave the fruit to her husband with her. So Adam decided to side with his wife. 
Adam was not deceived. Now, there's an implication. That has a great implication, but we'll leave that for now. Adam knew exactly what he was doing. Adam was not deceived. He didn't think that they would be like God. He didn't think that their eyes would be open. He didn't, he didn't, was not deceived to think that they would have no good from him. Adam was not. But he made a decision for whatever reason, which by God's grace, the Lord will help us to see. Adam decided to side with his wife. And siding with his wife then means that they are now both with Satan. And that means that consequently both of them were against God. This is not just an intellectual exercise, like I said. This is important. It is important that we get this clear because of the implication with respect to the story before that has gone before and the story that is going to unfold as we move on in the story. Okay? Remember the Bible says that Adam is a picture of Jesus. It's interesting that the Bible actually didn't tell us that sin came into the world through Eve. The Bible says sin came into the world through Adam. Why did Adam decide to do this? Why? Maybe there's a mystery there that the Lord will help us to, to sin. To. So what I've said today is that reading through the scripture, I believe it is clear from the scripture, when we allow scripture to, comp- to, 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 to interpret scripture, that the Bible definitely was clear that Eve was alone when the serpent came. And there's nothing wrong in Eve being alone in the sense that, I mean, are you always with your husband 100% of the time? Okay? And there's nothing, there's nothing that is strange in that. Okay? And Eve had the authority as much as Adam had the authority to cast out the devil. She didn't need her husband to be there to be able to deal with the serpent. She could have dealt with the serpent by herself because she has as much authority over the serpent as her husband did. But what I've shown when we go and read the book of Ecclesiastes is that both of them together will have been a better force against this lie of the devil. Like we read in that Ecclesiastes chapter 4 that two are better than one. Okay, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. I mean, and that can tell us a whole lot of things about we working together in unity. The Bible talks about the fact that if two of us shall agree concerning anything, husband and wife in unity as a church when we work together in unity, this is why one of the greatest weapons that the devil used to conquer us is to divide us. So by the grace of God, we are going to look into some of these things later. We will pick it up from here by God's grace. Remember, there are other questions we still need to ask about some of these things, but we stop there for now. And if you are listening to me, remember, God has gone to this extent for your salvation. God has restored order, the order that we that was shattered in the garden. God has restored it in Christ Jesus. And you can experience that order when you, you are in Christ. And the only way you can get into Christ is to accept him as your Lord and Savior, to obey him, okay, to invite him to be your Lord, to save you, he will. And then when he saves you, you become one of his. It takes that heart of hell, that heart of evil out of you he gives you a new heart a new spirit you become a son and daughter of God and he starts working with you and when this is all over you spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth do it right now we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you